0: Alright, listen, could everybody stand up and let just put our word declaration up please. And, and the word's going to get ready to come. Listen, I know we all go places and do things. But you know, our top priority on the Lord's Day, it should be every day, by the way. If God's not your top priority, Monday from Satan. He's not gonna leave your top priority to on Sunday. So, quit worrying about the time. Guess what? I've learned it. in fifty years of ministry, it belongs to God. Yes. Don't fight with it. What belongs to Him? That belongs to Him, and it's sacred. So we we are well aware of that. A lot of things happen this morning. Words. He's getting ready to bring a word about the door of love. I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but. He, he should have taken off with you a while ago but he was just but anyway, we want to declare this and we want to declare this over you all, thank you all for being a part it, It's Kenzie here is Kenzie here today I think She's she supposed be here? to be yes, and not only Kenzie but for everybody that's celebrating a birthday today, could you raise your hand happy birthday to you all anybody else? thank you all thank you I want us to read this word confession over you. This is you. This is you. The only word, way that this word can be effective is if you allow it to affect. If you take it in your heart. You have to open your heart to do that. If you said there were closed minds, you said there were closed hearts, then, then God can't speak into your life. Right? But what He speaks, I promise you, will revolutionize your life. It will bring change. And we all need that constantly in our lives. So let's declare this over ourselves, okay, today? And if, you don't, if you've don't, never seen this before, don't understand it. Just repeat it. I hope we get in while you're saying it, okay? All right? Let's say it together. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. What God says I can hear. God, God says I can have. God said it. God said it. I believe it. I believe it. That settles. Come on, give it a
1: praise
2: <laughs> Well, you got me another mess there if you're missing a ring. I was talking about rings. There's a ring up here. I always play with it when I when I minister or I'm just up here talking. So if you are missing a ring, it's probably got my sweat and oil and all kinds of things, but I sit here and play with it. There is a ring that's been up here a while. You can get it after service if you want it, okay? Uh, but uh, anyway, I just thought of that because I was playing with it earlier. I told you that every day is Happy Val Day for me, but what I didn't tell you is every day's Happy St. Patrick's Day for her. And those of you who don't know, that's my first name, is Patrick. So anyway. It goes two ways. Um, Lord, the Lord did give me a word, and I, I didn't think I was going to share it today. I thought maybe next week, Valentine's Day is actually in the middle of the week. And you know, I could either I could either impress the guys and do a Super Bowl message, or I can impress the ladies, include my wife, and do a Valentine's message, and I'm gonna impress the ladies, including my wife, and do a Valentine's message. So, But not because I want to, because God gave it to me. Because, and you know what? It's so awesome. I love when this stuff works out. When they sing this song, I looked at Dad and I thought, "Whoa!" Because because that I've been studying the Shulamite, you know, and and that song. I mean, that song. That's what that's what they were singing. This I had no idea what they were singing. And uh, so anyway, God works it all out. He always does. And uh, that that makes you feel when you're when you're a weak vessel of flesh like I am and a human and I mess up and I've messed up my life many times. When 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 you see stuff like that it makes you feel like, yes, I heard from God correctly. And that's a great thing, right? And I know when you guys are out there you look, look for that confirmation sometimes when God just winks at you and says, Yeah, you heard me right. Yeah, you heard John, you heard me right. When I said I was working things out, all things out, you heard it right, right? So uh, so what God showed me was he, when he 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 was showing me doing this open door because we're talking about the year of the open door and what's on the other side of the door and and it kind of goes on even with what Graham was talking and everything else and it's like when you have an open door to somebody's house you know if you come up to if I came up to your house most of you if not all of you I'd probably knock it's kind of respectful. But if I came to my parents' house, I probably wouldn't knock. And if you have people in your life, what? what's that? You're like, well, the only reason I knock, the only reason I knock, I just try to make sure. I do a knock and open the door. It's one of those, like, if you're in your underwear, a smooch and stop. I am coming in the room, I don't want to see it, That's gross. You know? That's more what it's about. You know what I'm talking about? It's not like I'm sitting here knocking. I'm afraid to go in. It's more just like, uh, <clears> eat <throat> injury, you know, that kind of thing. But some people, you know, you don't know them well enough just to open the door. It's not that you don't like them; you just don't have an intimate relationship. An open door signifies an intimate relationship. If we had if we had adjoining rooms in a hotel, and my children were in the next room, me and my wife in one room, I could probably sleep and leave the door open because there's an intimacy there. I'm not, I, I don't have a weirdness about you know some. Somebody else see me sleep or, you know. But but if it was a friend, if it was a friend, I would probably close the door when it was bedtime because there's not that degree of intimacy. Does that make sense? You're not going to feel comfortable sleeping around people who you're not intimate with usually, right? And, that, and, and that's tough. I guess that's tough incarceration because those guys don't have a choice. But, you know, intimacy, when you talk about an open door, an open door signifies intimacy. And I may, by the way, I may make some of you uncomfortable today. So if some of you don't like intimacy and you're afraid of love and you're afraid of being close with God and close and you're afraid of these things, then you might have a tough time with this subject today. Because I want to talk about intimacy, the open door of intimacy. What intimacy means as a Christian. And I don't mean intimacy just like a man and a woman in a relationship. I'm talking about intimacy with God. But sometimes when we talk about intimacy between a man and a woman, sometimes God uses those things to explain concepts to us like intimacy. So I want to talk a little bit. Now, we've been talking a lot about Revelation 3.20 for the last year, for this year, from January until now. Several people have quoted that verse. Anybody know what Revelation 3.20 says? Behold, I'm going to make you do it loud and I'm going to give you
1: mine.
2: That's Revelation 3.20. Thank you, Jerry. Now, we, we, we hear that verse. How many have heard that verse in your life? Okay. And and growing up in, in a little church, I always felt that verse, I always thought that verse is an altar call verse. Uh... And by the way, thank you for the ointment and 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 the eggs. Thank you so much. I mean that. Uh, all of you that do stuff for us, you know, we I mean, not that we want not begging for stuff to be done, but don't don't let us understand that we appreciate love when you show love. Every little thing, every little gesture, from candy to keep me from choking to prayers to just a kind word to whatever. Thank you guys so much. So we think, when I think of Revelation 3.20, I, I think a lot of times we used to think as a child of being a Baptist, or excuse me, a denominal church, a little white church. Nothing wrong with that. Had great years in there. Great years. And revivals and altar calls and people sitting there holding with their knuckles white and you can see the guy. I mean, I'm a kid. And I'm a, you know, you're a kid. You look when you're not supposed to look, right? Right? Because I mean, like, you're a kid. And so you sit in the back. I always sit in the back anyway. I got in trouble for that too. And so I'm a little kid. I wasn't bad, but I was a little kid. And I was in church a lot. And so I'd sit back there. And you could see the people who were crying, struggling, and wanting to come to the altar. And they would hold the back of that seat. And you could just see the drama. It as a drama. Play out. as dad or some preacher would be up there preaching his heart out. Concerned about that man's soul. And of course, you've heard Dad tell the story about the one fellow did that, left and got killed in a car accident that night. That's a true story. That's not just some preacher make up folklore. That actually happened. Yeah. So you see that preacher up there preaching his heart out, just wanting you to get and get up there that altar because to him that means that you'll have a relationship with Jesus, possibly right. Yeah. And you see that drama play out. And that guy standing back there, now whatever's going through her lady or whatever going through their head, maybe maybe something they think they can't give up or some guiltiness or some, you know, I did this or I did that or I'm not worthy or I... You know, whatever it is going on that that person feels like they can't come. They can come, but something inside feels like they can't come. And so you watch that as a little child. I have so many memories watching that. And how my father would celebrate and Other people would celebrate when that person would let go of that chair because they let go of the chair they didn't have a prayer they' would come. They had to hold back. they had to hold back. When they let go they just had to go. and, and I would watch and it was just like this amazing drama playing out and the celebration when that lost person would come. And that's kind of how I always thought of Revelation 3.20, as the sinner's prayer. But you know, as we were looking at, at, at Revelation 3, as I started looking at it, how I many mean those are important to have context when you read the Bible? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with looking at that like a sinner's prayer. The Bible has many layers. It's okay. It can mean one thing today and another. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't mean the Bible is always the same, but I'm seeing apply to you at different points in your life in different ways. That's organic. It's alive. You know, the Bible, you read a verse today, it'll be different than you when you read it ten years from now. You get what I'm saying? But really, when we're in the middle of Revelation 3, Jesus is not talking to sinners. When He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's not talking to sinners. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the bride. He's talking to Christians. Oh, let's read it and see what he says. Oh, you don't have to take my word for it. Let's read it. So, Lakin, if you're up there, she might be moving my car. (laughs) Okay. Oh, you're already there. But go back. Let's go back to Revelation 3 and 14. Because I want the context. You know... People are bad. This is the generation of social media where we post one verse without context. You know, 1 Samuel 15, 3 says, Go kill all your enemies, the men, the women, the children, the babies, the infants, the donkeys, the goats, and every animal in the camp. If we read that out of context, then you're going to be going killing a bunch of people that don't like you this week. You've got to know the context sometimes. And so what it says is this. This, by the way, if you have a red letter bible is red meaning it's the words of Jesus Christ the word of God the lamb of God John the last man standing when every friend he ever had had been put to death they tried to kill him and they just couldn't kill him they couldn't take him out they didn't know what to do with him so let's put him on an island because we can't kill him and we can't stop him, so let's just put him on an island somewhere. And Jesus says, "You can't even do that to him, because I'm gonna go to that island and let him write the rest of the book and let him write the ending. Let him write the ending to the book of Revelation." And so he wrote Revelation, and the words in red mean that Jesus actually spoke these words to John. These were literal words of Jesus. That's why they're in red. And he's writing a letter. He's writing letters to seven churches, and the last church he writes to. Laodicea or Laodicea You don't know how you want to pronounce it and this is where we're going to start write this letter he's talking this is Jesus talking to John write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea this is the message from the one who is the Amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of God's new creation I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold and I wish you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. But you don't realize that you are wretched, miserable, poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments for me. So you will not be shamed by your nakedness. And ointment for your eyes. So you will be able to see. If I correct, I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent. with this part. And turn from your indifference. Look. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share our meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my Father on His throne. Anyone who with I, I ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He's saying to the churches. Amen. Amen. That's the Word of God. That's the word of God. So, what what we're seeing here is Jesus is talking about different churches that have been planted. And he's going and doing a performance avow. You know, those in the business world they know about performance avows. Maybe we as pastors, maybe we as a church sometimes we need a performance avow. How many of you have ever ever had a performance evaluation? In your job? Nobody in here have been brought in it? Well then you okay. Well, the boss sits down and says, all right, here's the good things. Boy, I hate to hear but. Right? Here's the good things, but here's some things you can do better. Right? Anybody know about that? Well, that's what Jesus is kind of doing. He's going through the churches and saying, here's some problems. Here's some issues we need to fix. And Jesus is very clear and says, you know what? The ones I correct, the ones I love. If you're in this room, you've been corrected, know that that's a special place to be. That means your love. That means your love. Does it feel good to be corrected? Not usually. No. But does it help you long term? Yeah. All the time. So he's talking to this one church in this place called Laodicea. Now, this this place was known for some things. Number one, they were wealthy. They were self satisfied They had their own stuff. They had it all figured out. They didn't need a lot. That's a dangerous place to be when you feel like you've got an old, you know what the word male see means? Self-righteousness. In other words, these people felt like they were enough. They had it all figured out. They were better than everybody else. They had money. They had an ointment that was a very famous ointment that they sold and made money. It was for eyes. They also made a very expensive garment, a dyed, dark garment that was very luxurious. They had all kinds of money. And they didn't really need to rely or need Jesus enough so they were lukewarm. There was also talk about the water sources there. And apparently their neighbor had a hot springs, which is pretty cool if you like a spa or a hot tub. Another neighbor had some really cold, good drinking water. But the one problem they have to see is their water was lukewarm. That's the one inconvenience they had. They had to pop in their water. And Jesus is making a point to them in saying this. You may think you have it all figured out. You may feel like you're self-righteous. You may feel like you don't you, you don't really need me like you once needed me. you want a good relationship in a secular, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a uh, what do you call it, romantic world? And I'm no expert. I'm just saying what I know. Need somebody. Let somebody know you need them. Boy, that's tough when we're self-reliant. Oh man, I don't want anybody to know I need anybody. I mean, I'm pretty bad at that, to be quite honest. I'm pretty. I, am I pretty bad at that? Okay. <laughs> anybody else say I'm pretty bad at that? I don't want anybody to think I that, that I need anything. Yeah. That's me. I don't like to. I'll be honest. I don't even like being prayed for sometimes, and that's pride and that's sin. But it's like I want the. I just don't. I I I'm not like prideful sometimes.
1: But if you want to really have a good relationship
2: with somebody, let them know you need them. Let them know you need them. And so this church was not letting Jesus know they needed Him. And they had gotten cold in their relationship. You see, when the fire goes out in a relationship, intimacy suffers. And when there's a lack of intimacy, that's just the way Jesus made it. And I know I'm getting into some stuff that some people go, oh no, I don't want to hear that. Oh no, I like Disney movies. I, 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 like, I like Warden Miss Cleaver to sleep in separate beds. When, when intimacy suffers, relationship suffers. One of the first signs of a suffering relationship is a lack of intimacy. Because when there's no physical intimacy, there's no emotional intimacy. And there's no emotional intimacy, there's no physical intimacy. And one of the things that will struggle and lead you to problems in your life is when there's a lack of intimacy. But I'm here to tell you spiritually, when you have a lack of intimacy in your life with Jesus, when you have a lack of passion with Jesus, When you don't have that time of just he you, I need you, Jesus. I rely on you, Jesus. I want to spend time with you, Jesus. I want to hold you close, Jesus. You are my everything, Jesus. Then you become lukewarm. And Jesus says, if you are lukewarm, I will vomit you from my mouth. That's what spew means. Just spew from your mouth means to... My grandma would say vomit. I don't know why. Anybody ever ever have that? I don't know if it's a country thing or my grandma thing. I don't know. But she would say, vomit. Is it right? Anybody else ever hear that? Okay, well, I'm not crazy. But Jesus will vomit you from his mouth if you're lukewarm. I'll say this. Jesus says it's better you be cold than lukewarm. That's right. Isn't that a curious statement? Because all religious people really hate cold people. They talk about how the cold people are worse than them. Well, I may be. I haven't all figured it out, but at least I ain't cold like that brother down the street. At least I ain't cold. But Jesus says you're worse than he is. You're worse than the one you're making fun of. You know what? Because both lukewarm and cold are terminal conditions, but the lukewarm one is harder to detect and it'll go further along and be more advanced before they ever catch it. The cold one you'll catch early. The cold one you'll get to keep on early. But the lukewarm one's that latent, that that hidden disease that'll take you out and you'll die before you know it. And you never knew you were sick because you're self-righteous. And that was the church of Laodicea. And so Jesus says, you know what, the problem is you don't have passion or reliance on me. You're lukewarm. Lukewarm relationships are not good relationships. And I'll be honest, most of you in this room, in your life, we all get into points where we can become in a lukewarm relationship. Both with your earthly people, but also with your Father. You can become lukewarm. And that's no way to be. Because blow-ups don't happen in a vacuum. Blow-ups start with lukewarm. And the lukewarm person is so self-righteous they don't even take any responsibility for it. (laughs) So Jesus says this. I got good news. One I want to puke you out of my mouth. You're making me sick. That's that's the performing perform vow by Jesus on this church. But here's the good news. When I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. Here's the book's a good thing. In the Aramaic, you know Jesus spoke in Aramaic. In the Aramaic it says, I continually stand at the door and knock. That's what it really says in the Aramaic. That's the way Jesus spoke it. We lose that a little bit of translation. But Je- Jesus said, all right, you're lukewarm. You think you got it all figured out. You think you're so holy in everybody else and you can quote a couple scriptures, misquote them. But you know what, I'm standing here just knocking. I'm just standing here waiting for you to open the door to the Because I want to walk in and I want to get closer to you. I don't want you to be lukewarm. I, I really don't want you to be cold, but it's better to be lukewarm. But I want you to burn. I want you to look at this Jesus and burn. Say, this is the lover of my soul. This is what completes me. You complete me, Jesus. You are my apple of my eye. You are the shining star of the night. You are my Polaris. Sailors used to be on those dark seas and out and looking and they didn't have GPS and they didn't have maps explorers and they would just look at that bright star in the sky and see it and they could just just chart their voyage by that one bright star that's Jesus he wants you to rely on him in fact he told him he said you got all the gold you think you need I want you to forget all that and buy it from me I want you you to value what I value. You think you got all the fancy clothes? No, no. I want you to know how naked you are. I want you to put on my robes, because your robes are like filthy rags. I want you to take them off, and I want you to put on my robes. And so, Jesus tells this church that what you're lacking really is passion for me. You don't rely on me like you used to. You're not... Desperate for me. Not for service, not for coming to church. That that has its place. That'll flow somewhat. Just like you know, when you when you're with somebody you're passionate about and you're intimate with, you probably want to spend some time with them. You're not going to see somebody once every six months and just go have intimacy. Be awkward. Intimacy takes time. It takes relationship. It takes investment. It takes listening. It takes sharing. It takes humility. It takes putting other people ahead of you sometimes. So Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Now here's the cool part. Here's the cool part. This is where i got to get to. I know this isn't my usual kill the giant message. But if you knew how much he loved you, you would kill more giants. Yeah. Theologians, and I, I know you quote theologians, and say, what theologians? Well, I can could, could read you some, but I'm not going to. I agree. and I, 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 I guess you agree, that I don't know. Most theologians say that when Jesus is referencing Revelation 3.20, he's actually referring back to a book in the Bible that nobody preaches much anymore. He's actually referencing something from Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, chapter 5. Okay. All four. See, that's how the New Testament and Old Testament work. Some people say the Old Testament is not important. It's super important. It reflects the New Testament. It shows the glory of God. It's super important. It's the Word of God. Now, do we live under that covenant? No, but it's still super, super important. So, Jesus is referring back to a little scripture, a little book of the Bible that many of you have never read or heard preached. And you know why you've never heard preached? Because people are scared of it. Because there's a lot of sexuality. Is it alright to say that word? You know God made that, right? And You know God made that. I mean, I know the devil perverted it, but you know God made that, right? We didn't just create that on our own, right? God created this thing, And this book is very explicit of the Bible. and So it never gets preached. So I hear all these people, boy, they're going to ban the Bible. Look, the church has banned the Bible for years. They don't preach it. They don't preach it. They censor it. Oh, I don't want to preach that in my pulpit. That's that's uh, too, too sensual. That's too charged. How dare us ever, 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 ever censor the Word of God or be ashamed to preach the Word of God. If it, makes, if it makes us uncomfortable, maybe we need to graduate from the fifth grade and stop drawing dirty pics on the back from the ball and get mature in our life and understand that, that this stuff is, is normal and healthy and human and we shouldn't act like, like oh, oh, oh you know. My, 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 I used to, I used to, Jason, you get a kick out of this. When I coached, I was trying to tell him one time, that, the team, the, that other team was, was setting up a trap for him. I said, they're setting a booby trap for him. My girls went nuts all over them laughed was, because they're little kids. But we're adults in this room, right? So we should be able to handle talking about a few things. So I'm not going to get into anything real bad, but I'm going to read the Bible. Is it okay if I read the Bible? All right. So I'm going to read the Bible. And so at that time period, what would happen is a king or anybody with money if you didn't have money you had what you had a man and his son would come to a door and he would have this what do you call it mom like a, it's not like a bounty it's a when, when, the thing you pay for dowry. dowry what?
1: dowry dowry?
2: dowry what is yours? No, I'm just kidding <laughs> I'm just kidding so the man would come with the dowry and his father sometimes and they would knock on the door and Then what would happen is if the woman on the other side, the young lady, were, were, were interested in the dowry, or the family would take the dowry if the price was right, and the woman was interested in this man, they would open the door and invite them in. If you refused entrance, you were saying, no, not you, dude. Not you. They ain't enough money in the dowry to do for you. I'm just, no, 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 no. But if you were well interested in that person and they paid the price, good right here, guys. you would open the door and you would come in and there would be union. And that family would join with that family. And there would be oneness. And life would come out of that. You want to know how you're if, how your water temperature is. Are you cold? Are you hot? Are you loop when we ask this question? Does life flow from you? Because when there's intimacy, life flows from you. And I, 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 I mean this spiritually. I'm not talking about in, in, in the physical world. Because there's all kinds of people can have kids, can't have kids, there's all kinds of situations people have kids. But I'm saying spiritually. If there's intimacy in your life with Jesus Life will flow from you I don't have to know what you say Well you don't know what everybody does in their spare time I sure don't Don't care to know, none of my business I have enough trouble figuring out what I'm going to do in my spare time But I will say this I can look at somebody and see Is life flowing from them Is is their life flowing Are there buds on the tree Not judging, I'm just saying Is there life I, I really don't care. If, if I mean, I do care. I shouldn't say this, and I'm probably going to make somebody in here uncomfortable. I really don't care if you said one swear word last week. I, I don't recommend it, but I really don't care. But what I want to know about is are there sick people getting up when you pray for them? Or <laughs> are, are there people that, that you're pouring that into? Yeah. Are you just, yeah. Is there life coming from you? Or do you care about the ones Jesus cares for? Do you cry and pray for the broken? Do you see people and use your heartbreak? Or are you so self-righteous and full of your own gold and your own garbage you just don't care anymore? So Jesus was talking about... I'm going to read it. We're going to we're gonna get there quick. It's not a big word, a long word. So Jesus was talking about Song of Psalms, Song of Songs, 5. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to read it. Oh man. I probably, and I may be wrong, this, I would, I would bet you money. We're not supposed to gamble, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but Regan, probably, Regan, I'll bet you money.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so a parlay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sort of. <laughs> I really don't bet you, but I will bet you. That in Southwest Virginia, from Roanoke to Lee County... This is the only church where this verse is getting ready. <laughs> I'll bet you money. I'll, I'll guarantee that right now. Anybody remember that Cajun chef, Justin something? Alright. I'm going to read Psalms, Psalms 5. And uh, not all of it. We're going to go down to verse 8, I think my eyes say. Here we go. And I understand there's all sorts of symbolism here. And and I get that. I'm not going to explore all that. I, I just want to talk about this interplay of the king looking for his bride. Yes. The king looking for the one he loves. Yes. How'd that sound? What was the words about that? Look, tell me those words again. I'm not good with music. All I want is you. All I want, all I want is you. What would you give for somebody to write that in
1: a Valentine's
2: meeting for you this year? Oh, you.
0: All I it's want real. is you. Come on. All
2: I need is you. You're all I can even look at. That's what Jesus is saying to you as he pursues your heart. So, let's read it again. Oh, go get. That's good, thank you. Because I'm not good at lyrics. I mean, I like them, but then I forget them. I, I butcher them. I'm like, I have my own. That all cracks up at. Me. I have my own lyrics to all those old ladies songs. I make them up as a I go. I've entered now, 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 now. This, the, her, she won't put this up here, so I'll help. This, this is the young man. This is the king talking. This is the king talking. This is the young man looking for his lover. There's a king and he's looking for your love today. He's pursuing your heart. And you say, well, I, I know him. But are you lukewarm or are you hot? Are you burning the passion for him? When you get up in the morning are you excited to see him? That's a, different, that's a different
1: standard.
2: That's a different standard. You know, I'll say this. My parents aren't perfect, and they've not been perfect. and I could probably if I was a mean guy, I could probably list a few things and they could list a lot more. <laughs> but they've been a pattern to me. I love not I always followed it of a man and woman who met at 16 years old. Had a baby. And never fell in love. For over half a century in county. You don't get. That's good. Yeah. You don't get that lukewarm. Now, did they have lukewarm moments? I don't know. They wouldn't share that with me, and I I don't No, no 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 no.
1: But can I say this?
2: I don't see a lot of evidence of that when I see that. Oh, I'm sure she, he gets a little busy sometimes, and she probably has, she Yankee yank by the ear and say, Hey, remember me! Maybe a little bit, a little bit. But, I know that I know, that when each other looks at each other, they know they're single as one that God put them with And I know, look at that, they're making hearts at each other. She's still his little cheerleader, and he's still the big dumb jock that lets her do all this stuff. the way Jesus looks at you today. You come in this room in many different shapes. We all do. He said, I'm pursuing you. I'm wooing you. I want more relationship with you. I've opened the door in 24. Will you open yours and let me and so he says, Here we go. I've in, this is the king talking. I have entered my garden, my treasure, my bride. I gather myrrh with my spices, and I eat honeycomb with my honey. I drink wine with my milk, O oh lover and beloved. Eat and drink. Yes, drink deeply of your love. Now, this is the young woman. I slept. This is you and me. We need love. We want love. The king is saying he loves us and he wants us. And the young woman says, I slept, but my heart was awake. The king's looking for her. He wants to come in. And her heart's burning.
1: She's falling asleep. The fire's down low. She's asleep. His heart burns.
2: And she's asleep. When I heard my lover knocking and calling. She's quoting the king. He's calling to her. Open to me, my treasure, my darling, my dove, my perfect one. My head is drenched with dew. My hair with the dampness of night. I'll tell you, many people believe that's a foreshadow to Jesus in the garden. Yes. Next verse. But I responded. This is the woman. This is you and me. The king's knocking. The king saying, let me in. The king saying, not just let me in. Let me come close. Be intimate. And the woman says, but I've already taken off my robe. Should I get dressed again? I've washed my feet. Should I get them soiled? Hold that. The lover of her life and her soul is there begging for union. And her response is, I'm a little sleepy. I'm tired. I'm comfortable. This bed feels good right now. If I let you in, i got to get up. Kind of like when, when, when the dogs went out and ever, both sides are comfortable, somebody's got to win the fight. <laughs> She's comfortable. That's what she says. If I get up and let him in, I'm going to get my feet dirty. <laughs> I took my clothes off. And they're going to wash my feet. Who wants dirty feet? I'm going to get my feet dirty if I get it. <laughs> Can I tell you something? If you go where Jesus is, you'll get your feet dirty. Your hands young woman, to we So, this young woman, we're going to, we're going to finish the. Nobody wants us to be loved. To be really loved. To be passionate. To be on fire. To be burning. And the king of the kings. The king. This young handsome. I won't read the part how she described his handsomeness or her her beauty. Look, I'm radical, but I ain't that radical, then. I'm sorry. I ain't getting into all that, you know. You can read that on your own. But this is a good looking guy. And he wants in. And she's saying it's too inconvenient. So I ask this question, do we lack love because we're not lovable or do we lack love because it's too inconvenient for us to get our feet dirty and change the way we think and get out of our comfort zone? Do we lack passion because the preacher won't do this or this won't happen or I don't get my fair shake? Or
1: is
0: it because we fail to open the door and allow Him closer to us? Maybe you'll always get what you always got because you won't look at Jesus in the eye. You can look the way you want to. But you won't
1: look him in the eye.
2: Oh. Next verse. Oh, I like this one. My lover tried to unlatch the door. Remember, Jesus unlocked the door, but it's a two-way lower door. So he opened his inn. Think of it as a hotel 20 near a with joining rooms. You're middle Jesus opened his. Now there's yours. And it says, what well, carpenter made this? I was kidding. We'll <laughs> pretend it's supposed It says, he's trying to open it. He's rattling the door. He's he knocking. And now it says, he's, he's doing this. One translation says, he tried to thrust his hand through the lock. The Passion says, He he tried to thrust his hand into my heart and unlock my heart. A powerful imagery of love. He's sitting there just trying to get in. And on the other side, this woman wants love. But she don't want dirty feet. And she's comfortable in bed. So she delays. Our lover tries to get in. I want to be the thing that fills every hole, emptiness inside you. I want to be that thing that that makes you not want to go out and do this, this, that, and the other. That, that I, I want to be your fulfillment. I want to be your love of your life. I want to be. Listen, it ain't important who you didn't when you go to the prom. Oh, I'm gonna say this for you, young. And there's probably no any teenagers in the room I can't see worth a hoot. They say it's not who you dance with the first dance of the prom. It's who you dance with the last dance of the prom. The king is wanting to be the last dance. He's wanting to be the last dance. That last dance is that one they play that slow song. It's the theme of the prom, whatever it is. What's that old Ford or something? I don't know. I want to know what love is. And I would sing it, but I don't have that kind of high voice. That's when they play that old song, and then people get out there and dance. No, I'm just in love. I'm in love. I'm in love. (laughs) But for Jesus, He really wants to be your last dance. Because once you dance with the King, no other dance will (laughs) happen. I picked on Angela and Tony earlier and had some fun at their expense but I think God was, I didn't even know I was going to preach this today, but I think God was setting all this up because she said up here, she says when you love, fall in love with Him first it works out some of us some of you in the room, you're seeking things, and Jesus said seek my gold." you need to
0: rewind
2: that i i I will. Some of you in this room, you're seeking things. Yeah.
0: Jesus says, here I am. Yeah.
2: Choose me. Thy go for me. Put on my robe. Put on my ring. Yeah. Today, Jesus is saying, "Open up the door." I like that. I like that Jesus movie we saw that when they back in the '60s. And I hope it don't offend anybody with these terminology. It was what they said in the movie. He uh, that they had a board meeting in this little church. This little church. Anybody see the Jesus movie? The, uh, Jesus, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it's called? I mean, i watched this awesome movie. I just can't remember the title good. It's true to a degree. And, uh, this pastor has a little church, and his daughter falls in love with a hippie, or not, I don't know about falls in love, but connects with a hippie. And uh, but the hippie loves Jesus. And so the hippie brings all his hippie friends to church. And uh And his deacon board has a meeting with him. They said we got a problem. He says, "What's the problem?" He goes, "Well, we got a travesty. We got a we got a disaster." Well, what do you mean there's a problem? We had 20 people the last 10 years of church, and now we've got 300 young people who are just on fire for Jesus. He said,
0: "Well, we still got a
2: problem. These these hippies got dirty feet and they're tracking the carpet. And they might have had dirty feet, but they were answering the door." Just to finish the story, instead of the pastor rebuking the old man, he came early the next Sunday, and he, he sat at the door and washed every person's feet as they entered the room. This is the old school rhythm. They were barefoot. They were barefoot. And he humbled himself, and he sat in a little seat by the door, and every person came in, he washed their feet. And I, I think that probably preached loud in the sermon that Sunday. Next verse. Thank you. We're almost done. Now this is the young woman. I jumped up to open the door for my love. Get a hold of that. So she sat there in her comfort with her clean feet. And my hands dripped with perfume and my fingers dripped with lovely myrrh as I, so this is the lady talking, Pulled back the bolt. So when it was convenient for her, when it fitted her, when she liked it, when she was cool with it, she came up and she started to unbolt the door. Next verse. I opened to my lover. So she's now opened the door when she wanted to open the door. but he was gone. My heart sank. I searched for him, but I could not find him anywhere. I called to him.
1: Jesus!
2: We call. Sometimes really bad spots. And I believe those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how much do we miss of our life? How much intimacy? How much purpose? How many years of missed opportunities do we miss? Because we get up and open the door on our schedule. We've heard him knocking. We've heard him shaking the bolt of the Bible says. We've heard it calling. But I didn't get the I'm, I'm dead. I'm, I'm glad. And oh. then, when we finally convenient, we opened the door. Alright, uh, I've got a good time for uh, my love. Uh, can you imagine my wife, honey I need you to hold me tonight. Uh, let me look at my book. Oh. Uh, uh, right this moment good uh, ball game on and uh, you know I got to text some people and, and Facebook is really blowing up right now man I love this Facebook stuff but 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 you know I could probably schedule a hug maybe next Friday at 11 how does that work out for you does that work but how do we do Jesus we open the door when we want to open the door He'll be there, right? Let me tell you what. You take a woman for granted, you'll end up with no woman. You take a man for granted, you'll end up with no man. Don't take him for granted. He loves you. And he's dying for relationships. I'll say it differently. He died for Come relationships. On. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 7, almost done, almost done, almost done. The night watchmen found me as they made their rounds. They beat me, bruised me, and stripped off my veil, those watchmen on the walls. Make this promise, O women of Jerusalem, if you find my lover, this poor lady, who was too comfortable in her life, Found herself beaten, bruised, and wandering the streets, looking for her love. And she's telling the people she meets on the street. She's come to strangers. Have you seen him? He, he was knocking on the door, have you see him! Listen, you all keep quiet, the rocks will. Listen, the babies will start. Amen. I'm here to tell you, you all keep quiet. You want to keep quiet, but the word of the Lord is going
1: forth, and the children are recognizing it. The infants are recognizing it. Do you recognize
2: and they're like they got their finger in your ear or something. You know, it's like, do you recognize the word of God in the beginning? What's the word. The word was God. The word was with God. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. His name is Jesus. He is the Word. If you don't recognize the Word, you don't recognize the King. And if you don't recognize the King, you never let him in. And if you don't let him in, you'll live a lukewarm life and you'll always be the miserable person you are because you won't let the King in. And no life will come from you and everybody around you will know your misery and you'll be wandering the streets bruised and beaten
0: and saying, where is my love?"
2: She was walking up to people. If you see him, tell him I'm sorry. Yes. I'll get up next time. I promise. I won't take it for granted. I'll get up.
1: Yes. I won't take it for granted. Yes. Because I might not get another chance.
0: this is real.
2: Beats in my heart. Say again game to me. Come on. Then when it beats in my heart I tell them all that I want his love. The King. Jesus. So I'm here to tell you the King is in the room today. And he's knocking on the door. And you say, well, I'm a Christian. Well, so in Revelation 3, he was talking to Christians. He was telling the church, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Well, that's a sinner. He was telling the church. He wasn't saying, I need you to get saved. He was saying, I need you to burn for me. I need you to let me close. I need passion. My, my, me and my dad, and, and, and I think that I was this way. Mom, I don't know probably the whole family's this way. We're just messed up.
1: <laughs>
2: Will, I don't know. You have to tell me, buddy. You probably the same way.
1: We're
2: done. But I want to say this. We're we're this way. This is how our family is. I have to do something with all my heart, or I can't really keep it going. <laughs> yeah, was
1: there.
2: there was a ball player named Eric Davis. Since red, when he first came up, nobody had ever seen my play like him before. My grandpa went and watched Beaky Man and all those, and he said, I've never seen anybody play like this guy. And they said, Eric Davis, you'll never play long, playing like you're playing Because you play too hard. You gotta hold, you gotta learn how to hold back. And Eric Davis said, I only know what way to play. Come oh. on. Oh. And if I miss 20 games with a broke hand, then the other 142, I'm gonna play as hard as I got. Oh. Cause it's, when you go halfway, I just can't keep my attention on this. I can't keep my attention on you for I can't keep my attention on Luke I got to go all in or nothing.
0: Oh. Jesus wants you all in.
2: You're gonna find all those things that you've been looking for. What if? What if? What if? You're awesome. You're awesome. If I had 300 of you in here, amen. (laughs) Everybody in this room, we're gonna restate five times the service had five altar calls already. There have been people like the Blues Brothers, John Belushi. They've been going back down the aisle Some people. If I had 300 with that kind of passion. Yeah. On the other side of the intimacy is oneness, is unity, is passion, is purpose. All the struggling you've been doing hanging on, I just can't seem to do it. I just keep messing up. I just... It's a result of being lukewarm. Passionate people become obsessed. That's what the world says. You're obsessed. That church down there—they're a cult. They're obsessed. They yell and they scream and they—they they actually knock each other and they, they and, 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 and they'll open the door for you. You know what? They'll let people who don't have it all figured out come in here. No, let anybody sit next seats. Can you believe that not anybody sitting next seats? I've heard It's passion. It's passion. Is it such a chance you said they'll let you James. You're the apple of his eye. He loves you. 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 And he loves you as much as anybody in this room. I promise you. Yes. Ain't God good? Yes. How many received that word? Is yes. that God loves you? That God wants you? That God is for you? How many believe that behind the open door? Is intimacy with Jesus. That's the next step. If you open the door, if you go through the door, then what results is intimacy, is passion, and is red hot, burning flame fire. Because that's the way you need to love.
1: You need to fire.
2: You show me people who burn with love for each other. I'll show you a home purpose of passion. I'll show you functionality and I'll show you new life. God, just, just bow your heads for a second. God is inviting you in. He's trying to get inside you. He's already opened His door. And He's standing at your door and He's knocking. And He's not knocking and saying, oh, this is just for lost people. This is for every people. Because remember Revelation 3 was to the church. God is saying, I want more relationship with you. God is saying, I want you to Love me the way I love you back. Some of you, you feel like you've been in relationships where it's one-sided love in your your life. But this morning, God is saying, I want you to love me like I love you. I want a red-hot, passionate love where you get up every morning and say, I'm excited to spend time with God today. I'm excited to see what God has in store for me today. Not just one time a year when you make a card and some flowers and some chocolates—that's all cool. But every single day where you wake up and say, "I can't wait to see what my lover has for me today." His name is Jesus. He's the lover of your soul, and he wants more of you. He wants you all the time. He don't want part of you. He's a jealous God. (laughs) Jealousy can be a bad thing. There's no fear in love, but a little bit of jealousy, meaning you care enough to care. Is a sign of love. He desires you. He's jealous for you. He loves you. And all he wants to do is for you to say yes and open the door. Don't worry about your feet. He'll wash them for you. He did. Read the book. He'll wash your feet. Don't worry about your clothes. I took my clothes off. You don't need clothes. Come to it naked. He'll give you his. He'll give you kingly garments, clean garments. He'll clothe you in righteousness. His clothes are better anyway. Right now he's calling you. And he's saying, be mine. He's saying, will you be mine? He gave you the big Valentine's Day card. He's saying, be mine. Will you be mine? Nobody's looking in this room. I want another question. The king is asking you to be his, his love. And he wants more passion and more love from you. Are you willing to give it? That's the question. If you want more love. If you want to give him more of yourself. If you say yes Jesus. I give you my all today. If that's you? Would you raise your hand? I want to give you my all today. I know you love me greater than I could ever love back. But today I want to give you my all. I want more of your love. Is that you? there's hands up all over. I want you to raise your hand and say yes Jesus. I told you earlier with Tony and Angela. If you're ashamed to wear his class ring He ain't going to be your side hookup. He ain't going to be satisfied with that You got to put a ring You got to wear his ring You gotta. The Bible says if you're ashamed of him He'll be ashamed of you He wants you to wear his ring He wants you to wear his jacket He wants you to acknowledge him in front of all men If you want that kind of love I want you to raise your hand I'm going to pray for you right now I pray for fresh fire Put him up high Put me about like you want the passion. Like you're passionate. Mm-hmm. You can't get married unless you walk down the aisle. You can't get married unless you want to walk. Oh, I just stay in my seat. They love me there. You can't get married sit in your seat. you got to walk down the aisle and get married. You're the bride. He's calling you down the aisle. He's calling. Right now, Lord, I pray for passion. I pray for passion to break loose in this place. I pray for more burning, red-hot love. Not a vomit, lukewarm water, Lord. But that we be a church of red-hot, passionate love. That that love spew out the streets. And that life flows from it. Purpose flows from it. I pray for more life, more love in 2024. That we become closer to you. Let your people burn, Lord. Let it be in love with you. Keep those hands up. You say my shoulders are tired. Switch hands up high, up high, up high, up high. We're having a whip. We're having a whip. Up high, up high. When I count to three, if you want to come down the aisle and say, Jesus, I want more love from you. I want to fall more in love with you than I've ever fallen. I want this to be the year that I burn for you. This you, I want to complete you, and you complete me. Right now, Jesus, I want all of you, all of you, all of you, not a little bit, all of you. When I count to three, walk down this aisle, walk to him. Be the bride. Walk to your room. He's waiting. He's waiting. Don't miss him. One, two. Everybody up. Move. 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 You need to walk down the aisle. You need to remember what it feels like to walk down the aisle. You need to walk to your love.